0: Good morning. My name is Ashley, and our scripture reading this morning comes from Ecclesiastes 11, 9 through twelve eight. Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and the sight of your eyes, but know that for all these things God will bring you into judgment. Remove vexation from your heart and put away pain from your body for youth and the dawn of life are vanity. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth before the evil days come and the years draw near of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain in the day when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men are bent and the grinders cease because they are few and those who look through the windows are dimmed And the doors on the street are shut, when the sound of the grinding is low, and the ones rise up at the sound of a bird, and all the daughters of song are brought low. They are afraid also of what is high, and terrors are in the way. The almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags itself along, and desires fails, because man is going to his eternal home. And the mourners go about in the streets, before the silver cord is snapped, or the golden bowl is broken or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain or the wheel broken at the cistern and the dust returns to the earth as it was and the spirit returns to God who gave it vanity of vanities says the preacher all is vanity this is the word of the lord
1: good morning my name is ben uh, I'm one of the pastors at our downtown campus. It's really good to be with you this morning. What an interesting passage. Um, but before we begin, I want to acknowledge something. This morning in our passage, we are set to talk about what it means to age, what it means to grow older. And much of our time we'll be looking at how, as how we get older, there are difficulties and challenges that come with adulthood. And spoiler alert, this is not going to be an easy topic. But here at the outset, I want to acknowledge a tragedy that happened two weeks ago. I'm sure you heard about the shooting in Uvalde, Texas. This is an act of horrific violence. Nineteen young students and two teachers, they were robbed of their chance to grow old. And even though I'm going to say some difficult things about aging today, just because that's what the teacher in Ecclesiastes has to say, I also want to say something else before we begin, and this might be obvious. But I think it needs to be said, the opportunity to grow old should never be taken from someone or robbed from someone, particularly like it was for those 21 people two weeks ago. And my heart has been heavy the past two weeks. It's made me think about the first Ecclesiastes sermon where we opened our series. We talked about how it feels like we just haven't, human progress hasn't gone anywhere. We haven't like really taken steps forward. And I wondered to myself this week. And last week, shouldn't we be able to find a way to stop these mass shootings from happening? And if I'm honest with you, I really feel like we should be able to. And I could keep going on that point, but right now I just want to take a few seconds just to pray. To continue to pray for the victims of this tragedy, for their families, that community, and our country. There were other, a couple other mass shootings that happened throughout this last week, two, three, that I know of. So would you pray with me, please? Almighty God, there are no words sufficient for the horror of this act. We weep for these dear little innocent ones just as Jesus wept for his friend Lazarus. Our hearts are grieved for the suffering of these families and that community. Comfort all those who ache with overwhelming pain. Give us the courage to take bold steps to do all that we can to make sure this never happens again. Give politicians and our country's governing officials the courage to act in such a way where gun violence and mass shootings would become no more. And Lord, give us the strength and endurance to trust you and to be a voice of hope for all those who struggle through this extended time of grief. Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on us. Heavenly Father, have mercy on us. And Holy Spirit, have mercy on us. Amen. Thanks for praying with me, friends. There's really no easy transition from that. Uh, so let's just get into it. In about a month or so, it's going to be my birthday. Uh, and that's July 4th. And so mark it on your calendars. You should have the day off. And so uh, make time for me, okay? No, as your, when your birthday is near, for all the kids in the room, if we've got some kiddos in the room, when your birthdays are, you remember when you were kids, uh, you probably got really excited as your birthday was approaching, right? When your birthday is a few days away, You anticipate the birthday party, the cake, the pinata, all that kind of fun stuff. That won't be me on my birthday. (laughs) I don't know if that's the same with you as your birthdays come and go now. For those of us who get a bit older, the excitement around birthdays maybe has faded away. Maybe it lasts through kind of your mid-20s or early 20s, but after that, something else happens, doesn't it? When your birthdays come around, when your birthday comes around, we think about other things. We become more reflective some of us start to think about life a little bit more. Some of us might start thinking about our hopes and our dreams. And I think for, mo- for the most part, though, around our birthdays, we start to think about what it means just to get older and to experience that. For many of us, that's not exactly our favorite thing to talk about. <laughs> but then there's this day that we often hear about or we've experienced ourselves where we pass a threshold, and that threshold goes like this. We go from thinking about getting older to just feeling old. And this is different for everyone. Like, we all have a day where we start to feel old, and I get it. Some of you are probably listening to me like, Ben, you're 30, man. What do you know about getting old? Don't talk to me about what it is to get old. You don't know that yet. And I hear you. I hear you. But the threshold is different for each of us, I think. Maybe it was the first time you ordered a drink and you slid your ID across to the bartender and she says, "Now you're good. Don't worry about it. Or maybe it was the day you finally realized you just need to stop and ask a young person for help with your phone. (laughs) Or maybe it was the day when you realized you started to read books and papers like this. (laughs) Those are my grandparents right there. Regardless of what it actually was, some of you here today have experienced that moment where you felt old. And, And for some of you, that was years ago. Others of you are sitting here intrigued because you haven't really experienced that moment, but let me tell you, just you wait. <laughs> it's coming for you. Give it time, I promise. It comes for all of us. And I say all this just to make the point that our natural reaction to getting older, to that day where we start to feel old, just for that moment, it's a kind of revulsion. Let me tell you, like, like we, we don't want to get old, Do we? And this is reflected not just in our individual responses to getting older, but it's reflected in our culture as well. There's this fascinating article that came out just a few weeks ago, and it said this, there's this burgeoning industry that's making headlines, and by 2025, it's going to be worth $610 billion. Do you know what that industry is? Well, one of the companies on the front lines of this industry calls what they are doing as reversing disease. That's the name they've given to it. It's anti-aging. What the Washington Post article makes clear is that this is really about immortality. The article says this, Immortality might seem like the stuff of science fiction, yet it is increasingly becoming the focus of real science. In 2013, Google launched Calico, a biotech firm whose objective it is to solve death. PayPal co-founder Peter Thiel, meanwhile, has pledged to fight death. And last year, it was reported Amazon chairman Jeff Bezos has invested in Altos Labs, a company that plans to rejuvenate cells in order to reverse disease. You want to know how billionaires are spending their money? They want to be immortal. They want to figure out how to stop aging. They want to live and be youthful forever. And there are other industries trying to preserve youthfulness, too. One of them is elective cosmetic surgery. The United States is now number one in elective cosmetic surgery with men being the fastest-growing customer. There are also services, and maybe you've seen this, where you can be frozen after you die in hopes of resuscitation in the future. So you, too, for a few hundred dollars, (laughs) you can be stored in a freezer with the hopes of eternal life. At a cultural level... There is this insanely powerful and ultimately fruitless obsession with looking young for as long as possible and even trying to live forever. We want to avoid the fact that time marches on. It marches all over our bodies. It marches all over our faces, with or without our consent. The brilliant writer Carl Ove Knausgaard says it this way in his novel, My Struggle. Old age, all the facial detail is visible. All the traces of life has left are there to be seen. The face is furrowed, wrinkled, sagging, ravaged by time. But the eyes are bright, and if not young, then somehow transcend the time that otherwise marks the face. It is as though someone else is looking at us from somewhere inside the face where everything is different. One can hardly be closer to another human soul. Time marches on. We wear it in our faces, in our bodies, and ultimately, what the author of Ecclesiastes is saying this morning is that we will feel it when our bodies give out on us. We will get old, or we are old. It might be in our future, or it might be right now. All of us have the same thing coming for us, All of us. So do we refuse to reckon with the fact that this will become true for us or maybe even it is already true of us? In our passage today, the teacher, or in Hebrew, Kohelet, makes one point very clear. And the point is this. If we are trying to avoid the idea that we are old or avoid the fact that our days are numbered or avoid the reality that we have lost our youth or avoid the responsibilities of life by saying we don't need to focus on tomorrow, just focus on today, live for today... If any of those things describe us, then the teacher says we are living unwisely. And then there's one piece of wisdom the teacher gives us to remedy that avoidance problem. Here it is It's never too early to remember your Creator. The teacher says, It's never too early to remember your Creator. And you know, I I find it interesting, this is the last topic that the teacher addresses in Ecclesiastes. We'll have one more sermon in Ecclesiastes, but we're gonna be talking about what the author of Ecclesiastes says there. So this is the teacher. There's a kind of a dialogue between these two people in the book. And it's almost as if the teacher, as an old man, he's finishing his memoir, he looks back on his life, and when he looks back on all that he's experienced, this is what he has to say. He leaves us with one piece of advice, and it's, it's this. It's never too early to remember your creator. And you might be wondering, why? Like, why would he use that as his final word? Why is that his last piece of advice? And I think it's just simple. It's just simple. I mentioned it before. It's because time is coming for you. Time is coming for me. By saying it's never too early to remember your creator, it's the same thing as saying it's never too early to remember you are, created, you are a created being. Unlike your creator, you have an expiration date. And it is as uncomfortable as that makes us, as painful as that may be, we are better off reckoning with that idea, no matter how old or young we are. The better we are with facing it head on, confronting it, owning it, the wiser we will be today. So as we look at our passage today, we're going to see that there are two reasons. Two reasons, it's never too early to remember our Creator. And then once we get those two reasons, then I'm going to add, just tag on one more point at the end. Just a fair warning, like most of our sermons in this series, this is going to be a different kind of sermon. (laughs) This might not be fun for some of you. Please don't leave. (laughs) I want you to stay and hear what the teacher of Ecclesiastes has to say. Others of you might enjoy this because it feels like it's speaking to some deep truth that resonates within you. Regardless of wherever you find yourself, let me encourage you just to sit with this passage this morning. I say that to forewarn you, just some of you are going to deeply wrestle with what I have to say today. Let's go for it. We're towards the end of the book of Ecclesiastes. We're in chapter 12. We read a little bit of chapter 11. Much of Ecclesiastes feels poetic, but this part of the book is very poetic. There's a lot of imagery that's kind of difficult to understand. It's not easy to understand. And at the same time, the imagery is powerful. Once you understand what the teacher is doing, he begins by using imagery to describe the decaying of our body with age. That's how he begins chapter 12. Look with me at verse 1. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near, of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them, before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain. In the day the keepers of the house tremble, and the strong men are bent, and the grinders cease because they are few, and those who look through the windows are dimmed, and the doors on the street are shut, when the sound of the grinding is low, and when one rises up at the sound of a bird, and all the daughters of song are brought low, they are afraid also of what is high, and terrors are in the way." The almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags itself along, and desire fails because man is going to his eternal home and the mourners go about the streets. What imagery did you notice there? There's a house, there's a street, (laughs) there's some other things, but what the teacher is ultimately talking about here is what happens to a person as they age. He's essentially saying, listen, it's never too early to remember your mortality because one day your body is going to begin to shut down, your bones are going to start to weaken and tremble, your eyes will end up growing dim, your ears are not going to hear so well. The teacher is reminding us it's never too early to remember our Creator because, this is the first reason, our bodies will end up letting us down. Our bodies will let us down. Let me take you back to what we talked about in our second sermon in this series, which was about pleasure. You guys might remember that sermon. It was about pleasure. It was in chapter 2. And in chapter 2, the teacher just gorges himself on the sensory experiences of beauty and pleasure. And what he talks about is he's seeking out all these things that he can experience with his eyes, experience with his ears, his stomach, and even in his bed. He was soaking up all the pleasure he could find, but now he looks back, and what has happened? All these sensory experiences, they've faded with age. His eyes can't see like they used to. His ears don't hear like they used to. His stomach can't handle things like it used to. His body doesn't work like it used to. All of these sensory experiences he once enjoyed, they've grown dim. And in verse 5 of our passage, he mentions this phrase, this two word phrase desire fails. And in the original language, this literally describes a known aphrodisiac, the caperberry. It's about that not working anymore. And yes, that's about sex, but really it's a reminder that all forms of pleasure will fade. The body wears down. Our bodies, they break down. And at some point or another, our bodies will let us down. And as I was preparing for this sermon, particularly this part about our bodies letting us down, I couldn't help but think of the iconic American poet Jim Harrison. It's an interesting picture right there. Um, but Jim Harrison passed away fairly recently in 2016. He wrote a huge collection of poetry novels, and he wrote some film scripts that were made into some major movies, so you might have seen one of the movies that he made. He's one of my favorite poets. He's actually like the cover picture of my... Fa- if you're Facebook friends with me, you would see his face there. Um, I know we like to imagine the teacher in Ecclesiastes being a particular person, People speculate on who that person is. If I'm honest with you, I'm not sure we should do that. But if, with that said, if I was going to personify the teacher in some way, it would be that picture. <laughs> I, think it, I think of him as Jim Harrison. Jim was a man who lived large. He was a man who pursued lots of pleasures. One time he bragged about eating a 20-course meal in a small town in France and how the next day the sewage pipes in the city couldn't handle what he had just consumed. So uh, he he had this ability to be really eloquent and tender and at the same time be very coarse and rough. And people who knew him said he enjoyed food and drink, and he spent much of his money whenever he had it. But as he got older, if you look at the development of his poetry, we can see his poems shift a little bit. Often in his poetry, he mentions something about the difficulties of aging. And here's this short poem he wrote towards the end of his life. I think it captures this well. If you hate poetry, I'm sorry. You'll have to bear with me for like 15 seconds here. Here is what he writes in his poem, Another Country. I love these raw, moist dawns with a thousand birds you hear but can't quite see in the mist. My old alien body is a foreigner struggling to get into another country. The loon call makes me shiver. Back at the cabin, I see a book, and I'm not quite sure what that is the line my old alien body is a foreigner struggling to get into another country this is such an intense description of what it's like to be living in a body that is old and doesn't feel like the body you once knew i also love the line he finishes with and it's actually really funny he writes back at the cabin i see a book and i'm not quite sure what it is just talking here about his failed eyesight you know he's getting old he just can't see like he used to Jim Harrison, in a few poignant lines, captures the inevitability and the difficulty of aging. At some point, at some point, we are going to feel like we are living in a body that is foreign to us. And even more, it feels like our own body is leading us to another country we haven't yet been to and we might not want to go to. Our bodies are going to let us down. And I want to acknowledge here at this time that I'm aware for some of you, you have already experienced that reality. You have already experienced the reality of your body letting you down. Whether it be the natural aging process, whether it be cancer, whether it be chronic pain, whatever it may be, you know it well. And I'm also aware that some of you haven't needed old age to teach you that your body is gonna let you down. You experienced that reality much earlier than some. But all the teacher is doing here is reminding us that we cannot fully trust ourselves to our bodies. Even in our youth, even when things still feel pretty good, as good of a gift as our bodies really are, and all of those sensory experiences that we have can be delighted in, ultimately these will dim. And so if we root our happiness solely in our bodies, our identity and our sense of meaning will be tied so closely to them, so in the process of finding our happiness there, we'll lose. The, the the understanding will forget the fact that we're finite creatures and we have limitations and our bodies will let us down and when they do what will we do with that the teacher doesn't stop there <laughs> he keeps going there's another reason we must remember our creator and that's this as we age our bodies will let us down but they also This is also what he has to say. As we age, life will only get harder. Life will only get harder. If you look back at verse 2, we kind of breezed over it earlier. The teacher says this. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain. Again, this is some poetic imagery. As far as I can tell, what the teacher is doing is describing the journey of life He describes the process of aging like a gathering darkness. Getting older is like the clouds filling up the sky, blocking the sun during the day. At nighttime, they cover any remaining light the moon and stars have to give. This is just like a somber way of describing what it means to get older, isn't it? If you've never never been to the National Gallery of Art in Washington, D.C., then you are missing out. When I visited D.C. with my family five years ago, out of everything I did in D.C., and we did a lot, this was like my favorite stop. I could spend a whole week in the National Gallery of Art, but we were only there for like a half a day. And out of all the paintings that I saw there, I remember standing the longest in front of this one set of paintings, and it just gripped me. This set of four paintings is called The Voyage of Life, and you're going to see them here in a minute. I'm going to show you them sequentially. They were painted by an artist named Thomas Cole. And what Cole is doing throughout these four paintings is he's tracing a man's journey through life by following the man down what he calls the river of life. Here's the first of the four paintings. This painting is called Childhood. And you'll notice in the first painting, the sky is bright. Look at the blue sky. It looks like the sun is shining. The water, if you look at the water, it's smooth and peaceful. The flora and fauna around are just really green and luscious, and there's flowers. It's like colorful. And this setting continues. It keeps going into the next painting, which is called Youth. Notice that this painting is similar, but there's like some distinct differences. You should see a large tower in the background, which is supposed to represent the aspirations and the daydreams that come with being young. And just having your whole life ahead of you and being able to dream about what you might do and what life will have to offer you. But now in this next painting, things take a turn. (laughs) This painting is called Manhood. Very different, isn't it? Notice the dark, cloudy sky. Notice the river is no longer smooth. He's approaching rapids. There's a jagged rock face, a lot of jagged rock faces. All of this is supposed to just represent the trials and challenges that come with adulthood and what it means to discover the reality of your own mortality. That's what that's supposed to represent. The next one is similar. It's called Old Age. This is the final painting in this set. Here the water has slowed down again, but there's still jagged rock faces. The sky is still cloudy and dark. And it looks like the sky is beginning to part. And there's someone there just beckoning the man home. God is calling the man to himself. So I remember standing in front of these paintings when I was 25, coming into my adulthood years, stepping into my divinity school years. And I was thinking, you know, I wonder if this is right. (laughs) I looked at that manhood painting. I was like, I wonder if this is about right. And as I reflect on my last five years, I'm like, yeah, it was right. It was right. Let me read for you verses 1 and 2 one more time. Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near, of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them, before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain. There's just something about the experience of getting older that means we encounter more darkness. just means we encounter more darkness. The teacher says, getting older is like the experience of clouds filling up the sky, darkening the light from the sun and from our eyes. And I'll be honest with you, this topic is difficult for me to talk about. This is for two reasons. One, it's just not fun to talk about. And two, I'm not the oldest person in the room, (laughs) I'm not going to pretend like I've experienced all that life has to offer. Many people here in this room have experienced way more life than I have. And at the same time, I have had the privilege because of my vocation to be with a lot of people in different states of life, including stages of life that I have not yet experienced. And while I see a lot of joy, I see a lot of joy in people who are years ahead of me. Like I see the joy of even my parents becoming grandparents and welcoming grandchildren and the joys of friendship in the empty nest phase when when, uh, children have left and they don't need as much time and attention. So like friendships can be renewed and restored or new friendships can be made. Like there's just so many joys. But I've also seen the gathering darkness that the teacher describes in our passage and that Thomas Cole paints in his paintings. I've seen many things in life just get harder with age, not get easier. I've seen parents worry about their children and the decisions that they're making. I've seen families break apart and refuse to talk to one another. Husbands and wives to each other, children to parents, siblings to siblings. I've seen people find their bodies getting harder and harder to manage. There's more doctor's visits, more physicals, more chronic pain, more medications, more disappointments of not being able to figure out what's really going on. All that stuff can be overwhelming and stressful, and beyond that, it's just hard and scary. Many of us young people haven't experienced that or can't even imagine that stage of life yet. Finances get tougher. Careers peak sooner than we think. Jobs are lost. New careers have started. There are seasons we wonder, what have I really offered the world? But perhaps the most difficult is the grief and loss that comes with age. I've seen people struggle deeply because the older years of their lives are spent burying people that they have known and they have loved. Death as we age becomes more and more real to us, and this is partially because our own death. Looms larger, but if we're blessed enough, we are the ones who then outlive the people who are close to us and who we love, our parents, our spouses, our siblings, and our friends. You see, when we're young, we take vacations to see friends. We attend weddings, bridal showers, baby showers, graduations. But as we get older, we travel to see loved ones who are sick. We start to cherish time with those who we might not see again. We spend time reminiscing and sometimes even saying goodbye. I'm going in on it. All of this constitutes the cloudy darkness that I have seen and that the teacher is describing. I don't want to paint a picture that is too doom and gloom. But I also want to be honest with the reality. The Bible is honest about the reality of living under the sun. I know that with age, joy and love can increase as well. I know that too. I've seen many older folks who ooze joy. Their eyes are bright with the love of life. But that also doesn't mean they haven't experienced the reality that life gets harder. Typically, this means they've experienced the brokenness of our world, their bodies, their own mortality. And they've responded to this. They've responded to those challenges through the lens of faith. There are many in our church, and I'm a pastor of the downtown campus, so I know most people that I know here at our church are, the, are downtown campus people, and I have been a beneficiary of the joy of many older people. Their trust, their service, their love, their faithfulness, all has grown over the years of their life. They've become beautiful people on the inside. Part of remembering our creator and our own mortality is pouring into a faith that will guide us when difficulties come. The more we can reckon with and take seriously the brevity of our lives, the impermanence of our health, the days that go by quicker and quicker, the wiser we will become, not only in our old age, but in our youth as well. So the teacher says to us, it's never too early to remember your creator. Why? Because life will only get harder. And because our bodies will end up letting us down that's kind of what he leaves us with. <laughs> he doesn't give us, like, three steps, three practical advice, advices to, like, address that situation. There's no three-step plan, right? He just kind of leaves us hanging there. And because there's no three-step plan, what I want to do is add a little something to what the teacher has to say to us today. Like the teacher, I don't have any real practical tips. I'm not a pro at getting older. I don't claim to be. But I do think there's one more thing we can do other than remembering our Creator. Here it is. What I think we can do beyond, beyond remembering our Creator is hoping in our Redeemer. We can hope in our Redeemer. Why? Why do I say that? Because in every passing day, every passing day, for those who are found in Christ, we are one day closer to the renewal of all things. Even as we age, Every day that passage passes means that renewal only gets closer. The Apostle Paul puts it this way in 2 Corinthians 4. He talks about renewal getting closer. He says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal. Paul is saying something so important here. He says the pain of aging, all of these things that I've just talked about, didn't want to brush over, but really talked about. All of these things, the pain of aging, the specter of death that we all work so hard to avoid and not think about, it is preparing in us a weight of glory, a beauty so immense that we cannot compare it to what we experience now. The Christian faith is one that promises renewal to all things, including our own very bodies. When Jesus was raised from the dead, He wasn't raised into some spiritual-like form No, the claim of the Christian faith is, of course, that Jesus was raised into a physical body, and we, too, share the same hope that one day our very bodies will be renewed into a glorious body, just like Jesus' was, in the same way that Jesus' was. So the teacher is right. Right now, we are wasting away, but we are not wasting away into nothing. The wasting away experience when we are found as Christ, it's like found in Christ, it's like the shell of a seed that's, that's fading off, that's falling off. There is beauty and wisdom and glory that will make all the sad things that we have seen today, that we experience today, the difficult things, all of those things will melt away. The eternal impact of the entirety of our lives, if we could only see it. We would not even try to, com- to compare that to the most like beautiful youthfulness we work so hard to keep and hold on to in this life. So we must remember our Creator. We must take seriously our frailty, our impermanence, and our death. We shouldn't be afraid of them. Not when we hope in Christ. I was once told the quickest way to get to the sunrise Is not to chase after it, or not to chase after the sunset. So when the sun is setting, the quickest way to get back to the sun is not to chase after the sun, but it's actually to turn and face the darkness. Plunge headfirst into the darkness, and soon you will encounter the sunrise. And that's what we're doing today. That's what we have to see today in Ecclesiastes and what the teacher has to say to us. We have to look at the darkness in order to come out the other side and see the sunrise. Yes, our bodies will let us down. Yes, life gets harder, but we're not wasting away into nothing. Renewal only is getting closer for those of us who are found in Christ. He restores all things. He makes all things new. Would you pray with me, please? Jesus, thank you that your word is not just black words on white pages, but it's words of life. Lord, we trust you with our bodies, we trust you with our aging, trust you with the difficulties of life that we encounter and experience as we grow older. Like we read in the Gospels, where else would we go, Lord, for you alone have eternal life. Jesus, would you guide us through those experiences? Be with us. Holy Spirit, we ask for your comfort, we ask for your correction we know that you're ever-present with us, God. Father, we thank you for your caring hand on us, guiding us every day. So, Father, it's in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, and by the power of your Holy Spirit that we pray these things. Amen.